Welcome to the Less Than Perfect Podcast, where we discuss motherhood, marriage, and all of life's miscellaneous moments. And I am your host, Winifred Sakina Monique. Hey everybody, thank you so much for tuning in today. I know I'm a little late with this post, but it has been a very long and trying week for you, girl. So without further ado, let's get into this week's topic, which is all about love and marriage. I'd like to apologize in advance because it was my intention to invite some other married women onto the show today to share some of their experiences as it relates to marriage but time just got away from me this week. So for this episode, I'm going to share some of my own experiences and personal point of view on marriage. Over the past 20 years, I would like to think I've gotten better at relationships and marriage, but I still tend to have those moments that have me thinking, well, damn, Winnie, you really missed a mark that time. And I am woman enough to say that sometimes I am bad at love, just like the lyrics from that song by Halsey. I say that because some days I feel like my marriage was written in the stars and everything is perfect. And in other times, I feel like getting married was the biggest mistake of my life. I mean, I know nothing in this world is perfect, but some days I just feel like what I'm doing or what I'm not doing is a epic fail. I don't know about you guys, but you know, some days I really wish I can get a ton of do-overs, but I digress. So I've had just about 10 years to reflect on it and I still haven't managed to find the right answers to the questions that continue to baffle me. I was having a conversation with my pops the other day And he pointed out some characteristics of mine that I have never really acknowledged. But when it came out of his mouth, I had to sit down and really give it some thought. And after a brief self-analysis, I really couldn't dispute his observation because he had basically hit the nail on the head. And I am ashamed to say that this was not a positive epiphany. And I don't know if it's something that can be changed this late in the game, which is where that song bad at love becomes so significant. But let me just back up a little so that I can explain where I think that all my issues stem from. So in my last episode, I briefly mentioned my oldest son's father. But today I want to go into more in depth about that relationship. I find that sharing these intimate details with you, my audience, has been somewhat therapeutic for me. But It is also my hope that someone might benefit from hearing what I've shared and learn from my many mistakes. So I met my son's father when I was 21 years old. And at the time, I thought I was living my best life, honey. And he was older than me, but his age difference wasn't a really big deal to me. It was his charisma, his attitude, his whole, the vibe he was giving off that was pretty infectious. I remember when we first met, I was actually working my second job, cocktail waitress in a strip club in Cleveland. 
years and years ago. And um, he, I, he ordered a drink from me. And when I brought him his drink, he surprised me by giving me a kiss on the cheek. So it really threw me off because I'm like, this dude got a lot of nerve. <laughs> but surprisingly enough, that made a huge impression on me. And after that, we exchanged numbers. We had conversations, late night phone calls and hanging out, spending time together. And he kind of grew on me. And at that point in my life, I was single. I didn't have any kids and everything was all about me. And so, yeah, I'm going to tell you, I was super selfish, super selfish, super arrogant. And I think that all of the characteristics that I had back then, I probably wouldn't even be bothered with me. But this man managed to fall in love with me and made me love him. So much so that it didn't even matter that he had already had two children. So, of course, relationships have their ups and downs. And we were together a couple years and we were together to the point where when I end up getting pregnant, it's because I threw caution to the wind. I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody knows that when you don't properly protect yourself, you could possibly get pregnant. And that was the case. So having my son, of course, was a life-changing experience, which I talked about in my previous episode. But not only did it change my life individually, it changed my life and my relationship because it added a level of challenge to it that we were not strong enough to survive. Um, and we had our ups and downs throughout the relationship and that relationship, one, ultimately did result in me going back to college because when I met him, I had already been taking some time off from school. And once I had my son, I knew I had to, you know, really buckle down and handle my business. So I ended up going back to college. Um, I lived in Cleveland at the time and I enrolled in college, which was in Dayton. And our first big issue is that he was upset about me, you know, moving so far away to get my degree. Well, at the time, that was like the best decision I had to make for me and mine. And as a single mother at that time, I was in a relationship. But since I wasn't married, I was single and I had to do what was best for me. And he did the best he could do. But sometimes it wasn't always enough. And because I was not mature enough to deal with it in a healthy manner, Sometimes my reactions to certain situations as it relates to him not being able to come through with certain things, I didn't respond the way I should have as a woman. And I know that now. And the relationship was, it became more difficult as years pass. And when he passed away, it was on the heels of an argument that we had been having because I had gotten to the point where I was struggling, trying to finish school, you know, handle my business, take care of my son. Like he would come to visit, but he didn't live with me. And so I'm going to school, I'm going to work and I'm, you know, making ends meet. He helping me when he can, but it wasn't enough. And I had got to the point in my life where I felt like, it was more of a burden than a benefit to be in that relationship. And 
I mean, you know, he couldn't really help his situation to a certain extent, but at the same time, I felt like for me to be able to grow and do better for myself that I needed to take a break and remove myself from that situation. And so on the day that I finally got up the courage to have this discussion with him, it was the day before Mother's Day, 2006, on a Saturday. And, you know, he did what he could because he even caught the bus down there so he could drive me back because back then I was a scaredy cat and I didn't like to drive on the freeway. So he was coming down and he was waiting for us to get ready so um, my son and I, all three of us, we could get in the car and head up to Cleveland for Mother's Day. And I don't know how the conversation started, but I ended up, you know, coming out and saying, you know, you know, this isn't working for me. You know that it's, you know, not I'm not happy. You know, it was a whole breakup conversation. Yes, that's what it was. But unbeknownst to me at the time, because he was living in Cleveland and I was in Dayton, I really didn't know what his health issues or concerns were. And he was older than me, 12 years older than me. But you could never really tell when we interacted because the chemistry was just like that. But um, he got very upset during the conversation to the point where he, without going into full details, he ended up having a heart attack. And he he passed away in front of me. And because I didn't know that he was sick and that he um, should have been on meds, I didn't find this out until later. I didn't know that him being so upset would cause the reaction that it did. And it was a very traumatic experience for me to go through. Talking about it now is probably actually the first time I've been able to talk about it and it doesn't bring tears to my eyes. And the fact that it's been 14 years now, I'm actually, I could say I'm better now, but it took a long, long time for me to get to this point. And so when he passed away, it was, I was devastated because I mean, regardless of what we went through, me breaking up with him didn't mean that I didn't want him to be a part of my life because we had a child together. And I wasn't the type of woman to be vindictive or say because you can't provide like you should that you can't see your son. I was never that type of person. And so having lost him the way I did, it it really, 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 it messed with me for a very, very long time. A very long time. Um, and when he died, I, I had to take some time off school because I was in college at the time. I took about a month off or the rest of that quarter, whatever that quarter was, I took off. And I, and I did get some therapy. Um, but I, I can honestly say that I don't, think I ever really went through all the stages of grief or what they say the stages of grief are. And just to put it into perspective in reference to the stages of grief, yes, in terms of shock and denial, yeah, I was very shocked. 
um, denial. It was hard to really believe that my new reality was that he was gone, that he passed away and that he did it in front of me and my four-year-old son. That was so hard to deal with. And and it hurt. I, I was in pain. It was terrible. It was like the worst feeling ever. I remember there were nights where I didn't even get any sleep. And then I couldn't sleep with the lights off. I couldn't sleep with the TV off or anything like that. It was it was it was hard. I couldn't imagine that going through that, but I, I had gone through that. And and then because of the conversation that we were having, I felt guilt because it was like, well, if you wouldn't have had this conversation with him, then he wouldn't have got upset and then he wouldn't have died. And I felt bad because I didn't know that he was already sick. And then I was angry. I dealt with the anger because it was like, how in the world could God let me go through this situation and leave me out here like this to take care of my son by myself, to let me have to experience the traumatic experience that I went through? I was very angry. In reference to bargaining, I don't really know if I did any bargaining with God. I know I didn't talk to him for a long time. God, I didn't. Yeah. Um, I had to work through that because I was very, very resentful for having to go through that situation. Now, the depression, I think the depression is kind of where I fell off with the grief process because I don't think that I ever really, really got past the depression. I just got busy. I re-enrolled in class. I started working again. I focused. I went hard in the pain. I mean, I got it done. I mean, my GPA suffered, but after everything I had been through, hey, I still got that paper. So I can say that, but after going through that situation, I honestly don't think I ever had a point in time where I just stopped and felt it and dealt with it and released it. I just kept going and going and going. I graduated. I got a job. I ended up moving back home. I got another job. I went on to try to finish up my start and finish my master's. During that time, I was working full time and I was going to school for my master's. You know, I had my son, you know, he was in school. So I'm like constantly busy, constantly moving. So the grieving process stopped at depression for me because I was so busy. I didn't want to feel the depression. I just kept it moving. I just never dealt with anything else past that. And the areas that I missed was the upward turn. And what that is, is that at this point, the stages of grief, like anger and pain have died down and you're left in a more calm and relaxed state. I never got to the calm and relaxed state because I never let myself feel anything. I just kept it moving. And then the reconstruction and the working it through. Yeah, I didn't do any of that. And the acceptance and hope. I missed out on that as well. And because I never completed the grieving process, I brought a lot of emotional baggage into my next relationship with my husband. And it made and it made my relationship really hard. It was the biggest mistake that I could have ever done in terms of being afraid 
fear kept me from loving my husband with my whole heart because I, even though it probably wasn't the best love, I loved my son's father the way I knew how in its entirety I did. And when I lost him, that shit hurt like hell. And, and, and nobody wants to go through that. And I was so afraid of going through the pain that I felt when I lost him that I just never let my husband in completely because I knew it would hurt too bad. And if I ever really fell in love with him, so I just didn't. And and since he traveled for a living, I didn't have to worry about becoming too emotionally attached. And I know some of you are probably thinking that that was selfish as hell of me. And I would have to agree, yes, it was very selfish. And believe you me, I have had to deal with the repercussions of my actions every day since then, you know? And even with my poor judgment, we've managed to make our relationship last for 12 years. And we'll be celebrating 10 years of marriage this coming August. And truthfully speaking, I think the only reason we were even able to make it to the altar was because back then, for the majority of our relationship, he was out of town. And I was okay with that. But looking back, that was another area that wasn't helpful for our relationship. Because although we were together, in a sense, we still lived two completely separate lives. And since we only ever spent time together on the weekends, we never really had time to get to know each other deep down and to nurture a very fragile marriage. And getting pregnant on our honeymoon was a blessing, but it was also a struggle because I can honestly say I was a hormonal mess during my pregnancy with my second child. And not too long after having our son, my husband and I decided to relocate from Ohio to Georgia. Uh, We did this because we wanted to provide a better life for our sons by having him take a new position in management that didn't require him to travel. So in theory, we thought we were doing what was best for our family, but neither of us was prepared for all the challenges that our marriage would face. We've been here seven years and has been hard the entire time. I know they say that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, but between dealing with the challenges of being a good wife and mother and coping with all of my medical issues, I'm beginning to feel like I'm on life support for real. I never really knew how much sacrifice goes into being in a marriage. I never knew how much of myself I would lose in a marriage. I never knew how much I would have to humble myself in a marriage. And I never knew how often I would have to forgive in a marriage. And the most important thing that I took for granted in my marriage was that how very important it is to have good communication. Communication is so important because without it, you literally are just wasting your damn time. So if you don't remember everything I said today, the three things that I have learned and would like to stress to you are number one, if you know you have been through a traumatic experience and you have not taken the proper steps to ensure that you are fully healed from that experience, don't bring nobody else into your mess. That person doesn't deserve having to deal with your emotional baggage and you owe it to yourself to heal yourself first. 
to the point where you are able to find your own happiness without even needing to be in a relationship. And number two, just because you may have had your heart broken or maybe even decimated, doesn't mean that the person you finally decide to be with doesn't deserve to have all of you. It's not fair to you or them. So if you're not in the position to give or receive love in its entirety, just fall back. Just be friends until you're able to give it all of you. Because when you go about it half-assed, you only end up playing yourself. And lastly, all I'm going to say is communicate. I don't care if you have to write daily letters, daily emails, daily text messages, or even see a therapist, but you got to communicate because without healthy communication, you'll be sitting around making assumptions about things that aren't even true or that don't even make sense. So do whatever you got to do to communicate. And if you find that you just can't get right, then that's a whole other discussion that you're going to have to get through. Because at the end of the day, you'll be doing yourself a great disservice if you can't speak or live in your own truth. So, well, that's all that I have for now. And I really hope you enjoyed listening to today's topic on love and marriage. On my next episode, I'm going to be discussing all of life's miscellaneous moments. And if you have a moment you'd like to share or even want to come on the show and talk about it, please hit me up. i love to hear from you. And you've been listening to the Less Than Perfect Podcast. Again, I am your host, Winifred Sakina Monique. And I'd like to thank you for allowing me a moment of your time. If you would like to be a guest on the show, or would simply like to suggest a topic for discussion, please send me an email at thelessthanperfectpodcast at gmail.com or send me a DM on Instagram at the Less Than Perfect Podcast. And as we come to a close, I would like to leave you with a personal affirmation of mine. I am not defined by what others think of me, but by my own actions. Therefore, my personification is defined by me. Until next time, peace and love, everybody. Take care.